Yeah, I don't want to wait. Yeah, don't want to wait. I want to know right now what will be. I mean, I don't want to wait, you know, for life to be over. I don't want to wait. Will it be yes or will it be sorry in life? I don't want to wait. I mean, how many of you can identify with that? I mean, we don't like waiting. I mean, we just don't. The fact is we're uh, continuing our series, Top Gun. And the message today is especially for anyone who feels overwhelmed in their life. You know, you may feel like you've got too much going on, that you don't have enough energy, enough time. Maybe you feel like you're, you're running on empty and, and low on strength. Or maybe you feel like your faith's depleted today. I have been praying this week that this message would build faith, that it might minister to some of you in that time of need. And I'm kind of reminded of how common that type of pain is in in life. You know, in the past few weeks, I was thinking about people I've talked to, and I talked to someone that's got some financial troubles, and there's a lot of pressure in their life right now, a lot of uncertainty I talked to a single mom that, you know, she has too many demands in her life. She's frustrated and exhausted and just feels like she's struggling. And I had a conversation with a young adult, and their parents are getting a divorce, and they said they feel like they're being put in the middle of it. And so emotionally, that stress is kind of taking its toll And as I listened, I thought, it's just heartbreaking, just heartbreaking. And so if if you're stressed out a little bit today, feeling overwhelmed, feel like you're running on empty, you know, if you feel like there's just too much to handle right now, I I pray that God will speak to your spirit and minister to you in a a very life-changing way that just significant. You know, our scripture today, it says, a certain widow woman, the widow of one of the guild prophets, cried out to Elisha, my husband, your servant, is dead. You know that he revered the Lord, yet now his creditors have come to take my two children into servitude. Now, we don't know the woman's name, but Jewish tradition would say that she was the wife of the prophet Obadiah. And the the fact is, if that's the case, it's really easy to understand why there would be this financial problem because the, the fact is Obadiah was known for protecting and providing for over 50 prophets during his lifetime. And so I I think that would have stretched the family's income. It would have stretched the family's resources. And so we have this widow. She's probably in her late 20s, maybe early 30s. She has probably lost all of her income. And, And a woman in that day, especially the employment opportunities, were at the very best extremely limited, extremely limited for her. She is in this impossible situation, and now creditors are coming after her. And actually, they're coming after her two two sons. Because in that day, if you couldn't pay your debt, 
then your children could be taken from you to work off the debt. And you were only released upon the, the time that the debt was either paid in full or what, there was what was known as the year of Jubilee. And when it was being celebrated, which was every 50 years, okay, then you could be released even if the debt wasn't paid. What I want you to understand is this is a devastating situation she's in. Can you, can you imagine for a moment being in that spot? Which should remind us that many things that, that we think are so traumatic in our lives are really not such a crisis. They're, they're very small in comparison to what this woman's going through. And I was, as I was studying this, I, uh, was, I get amazed at how just riled up we get about something that really isn't something, you know, that's not a big deal. It, it, you see it all the time with, with people. Uh, they, uh, like, for instance, go out to eat, and the uh, waiter or waitress accidentally spills tea on you. And, you know, or they get your order wrong, and they put blue cheese on the salad instead of feta, and, and you come undone. And not only does it ruin dinner, but it actually ruins the whole night. And it becomes a big deal when, in reality, it's really kind of an entry-level problem, isn't it? Yeah, you, know, you uh, post a, a selfie. You only get five likes. No hashtag, smoking hot, you know. No comment, too beautiful. I hate it when it happens. Uh, you know, and you're hurt. And so you, you kind of start trying to figure out things. You're like, well, did, it, did I take the pick from the wrong side? You know, should, should I have made a duck face? You know, I'm just saying it's a blip on the map, isn't it? You know, some, some of you think you have all these problems. But the reality is if you were to step back from it and truly evaluate it in the scheme of things, you would realize they're kind of molehills, that they're not mountains in, in your life. Some of you, you have real issues, all right? You've got some real trouble, things that are significant. I get that. You know, for some, it may be that right now your marriage is in trouble and you're barely holding things together. You're beginning to question whether the marriage is going to survive. You know, for others, someone betrayed you and they lied and they hurt you and they broke your trust. And now you're kind of questioning everything there. You wonder if you ever had what you really thought you had to start with. It's upsetting, and it's a painful situation in life. Now, for some, you're maybe watching a, a grown child that's going down the wrong road. And you're mature enough to understand this isn't going to play well. You know that the choices they're making, they, they come with a high price tag in life. And you're doing everything you can, but you can't make a dent, and it's frustrating. It comes with a lot of agony as a parent. You know, for some, it's a financial situation. You're in a place, the options are bleak. You don't know how you're going to get out of this situation. There's, there's this uncertainty 
And the stress, well, it's overwhelming. And for some, it's a health issue. You went to the doctor, the news wasn't good, and now you're, you're scared to death what's ahead. You're, you're not sure what the future holds. The, that future, the uncertainty, it's daunting, to say the least. Back to our story. The, this woman, she's in this terrible situation. She has a very significant need. She shares the concern with our Top Gun prophet, Elisha. And so what's Elisha do? Well, first I want to tell you what he doesn't do. You know, he, he doesn't uh, kind of blow her off and go, oh, well. He, he doesn't go, wow, that's really bad. It stinks to be you. You know, I'll be thinking about you, all right? When you're hurting, you do not need somebody to think about you. You need them to pray for you. You need them to do something in life. Scripture says, Elijah replied to her, what's it say? How can I help you? Five powerful words. You want to make a difference in this world. You want to be filled with joy in your life. You start your day with a very simple prayer where you say, God, I'm available if you'd like to use me today. You know, today I'm, I'm watching. I'll be listening and looking around me. And if there's a need out there that I can fill in some way, I'm yours, God. I'm yours. You know, so when somebody at work or maybe at school or maybe a neighbor or friend, they go, you know, I got this problem, I'm struggling. Well, first you listen to what they have to say, and then you say those five words. How can I help you? You make yourself available. I believe it's what Jesus would have done. He always made himself available. Elisha, he says something very, very profound. He, he respects this woman's dignity, by the way. And then, and then he asks her, he says, tell me, what do you have in your house? Now, he doesn't jump to, hey, I have all the answers. Here, I'm going to fix this for you. Elijah starts by asking her what she has. You know, it's interesting when you're, when you're hurting, when you're struggling, when you lack something in your life, how many times all you can see is what you don't have. In fact, I believe it's easy to miss all the blessings that you do have in your life. You know, some, somebody needs to hear this today. You know, because you're, you're down, you're, you're struggling, you're depressed, you're consumed by what you don't have. You know, I don't have enough money. So I, I, I can't be happy. You know, I don't have a great marriage. Everything's going to pot. You know, I, I hate my job. I hate it. You know, life's just miserable, you know. I don't have the house I really want. I guess that's why I'm so unhappy. I don't have anything to wear. Yet you look in your closet and you have enough clothes. You could, you could like, clothe an entire village or city. 
but what you see is what you don't have. I mean, I, I could go on and on with that one. This widow, she feels like she's lost everything. And I want to be careful because I understand she has lost a lot, okay? But all she could see was what she lacked in life. Do you know what you do in life when, when you look and you go, oh, I just don't have what I want? What do you do when, when, you, when you don't have much? Well, I want to say instead of waiting to see, well, we'll see how this works out. Instead of waiting and fretting and struggling, I, I want to suggest something. If things are not the way you want, all right, I hope and pray that you'll figure this out, and this is important. God is what you need in those times. You know, and, and here's kind of the first thought. Stop waiting for what you want. Some of you are waiting for stuff. Stop waiting and start working with what you have in life. You know, Elijah, he asked, you know, what do you have in the house? She says, your servant has nothing there at all. And then I take it, there's kind of a pause, and she's thinking about that. And then she goes, well, except a small jar of olive oil. I don't have anything at all but this teeny tiny small little jar of olive oil. And I know you may be thinking, well, what good's a small jar of olive oil? Well, in that day, olive oil actually was incredibly valuable. You know, it was rare, and it had lots and lots of uses in life. I mean, it could be used for cooking, for burning a lamp. It was used as a moisturizer. It would keep leather pliable. It was used to keep tinsels and uh, uh, tools and things like that from rusting. It was used as an offering to God. It was used in uh, anointment, religious services as they were anointing someone. Olive oil was very, very valuable in that day. This woman, she doesn't have a lot of olive oil. She's got a little bit, all right? But I want you to remember this. We serve a God that specializes in doing a lot with a little. We see it all throughout Scripture. You know, Jesus, uh, they run out of wine at the wedding feast, and so he turns water into wine. You know, another time, he feeds thousands of people with just five loaves of bread, two fish. I think about David in the Old Testament. David defeats the giant Goliath. Nobody would fight Goliath. They were scared of him. But David does with a little faith and a little stone. We serve a God that can do great things with just a little bit. Just a little bit. You know, Jesus said it this way in Matthew. He says, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, tiniest, tiniest little seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be moved. Nothing will be impossible for you. 
with a little bit of faith. Not a lot, just a little bit. And I know today some, someone would say, well, I, I'm really low on faith. All I have is just this little bit. God can work with that. You hear me? God can work with that. Elijah says, hey, what do you got in the house? And I want you to notice, he doesn't say, what do you want? He doesn't say, what do you need? But he asks, what do you have? And I think that's very, very important. It reminds me that we've got to stop waiting for what we want, and we've got to start working in our lives with what God's given us. You know, we learned this as a church. Uh, it, early on, we were moving around the city. And so, you know, we started in the Davis's home. Then we went to Alton Square Mall and then Lewis and Clark College and Alton Little Theater. And they, ultimately, we were at Alton High School before we came here. And every time, we'd shift gears. You know, we'd recalibrate, so to speak. And each location, there were wonderful things and there were things that we, we faced, and they were challenging for us. We had all these dreams. I believe it would have been very easy for us as a church to get caught up in what we wanted that we would have very easily missed what we did have. See, too many people, they, they keep waiting for what they want instead of working with what they have. You know, a person of faith will look at a situation and go, I may not have whatever. Wish I had that. But with God, I can still do what I need to do. In fact, here's something I've learned through the years. When you have a limitation, whatever it is, you oftentimes will find innovation to figure out how to get around that, how to navigate, how to move forward. I truly believe if God had given us everything we wanted early on as a church, we would have never been who God called us to be and created us to be. In fact, there are times I'm very thankful that we had to learn to do a lot with a little you know, in his way, in his time. I do not know what that means specifically for you. I don't know what that means specifically in your life. But I believe God's speaking to some of you, saying stop waiting for that thing you want and start working with what you got, what you have. You know, maybe... You've been kind of uh, struggling with the whole, oh, I, sh- I know I should serve, but, and I, and I hear this all the time in the church. People go, I, I know I should, but, you know, I'm not very good at, like, being up front of people, or it, it makes me uncomfortable, but, you know, I, I get uncomfortable when I'm doing, doing stuff that way, and so I'm just going to stay on the sidelines. Side And I immediately, I'll always say, you know, Jesus said being a servant, it's the the greatest of all things. Stop waiting 
for something else. Start working with what you have. You know, start doing whatever it is God's calling you to do in your life. You know, I'm sure there's some guys here today that they, in their mind they're thinking, you know, I'm not a very good provider for my family. I'm not, I'm not making six figures. Yeah, I can't give my kids everything that, I, that they want. And I wish I could, but I can't. And, and you struggle with that. And the fact is God would whisper to you and go, yeah, but you're present and there for your kids. And that's what's really important. You know, stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have in your life. You know, guys, your greatest accomplishment may not be what you do. It may be who you raise. When you're a man of God, that's success. Who knows? I mean, maybe... God will work in and through you and make a difference in this world that way. And when you stop waiting for whatever it is that you want so badly and just start working with what God's given you and what you have. And the second thing that, that hit me in this story is that we need to offer God whatever it is that we have and trust him to give us what we, what we need. You know, this woman in the story, she says, I don't have anything. Well, well, I I accept this little small jar of olive oil. Elijah says this. He says, go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars. I love this part. Don't ask for just a few. I was thinking the the first week we, we talked about that we're to burn the plows. Anything that gets in the way of us following Jesus Christ, you burn them. You know, and then last week we talked about digging ditches. And today we're talking about gathering jars up, you know. And so it says, then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars from the jar of oil she's got. Pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled put it to one side. This isn't an illusion taking place. It's not a magic trick. No, this is what happens when you trust God and when you offer the Lord what you have. I mean, when you offer God what you have, it's the, that G-force sort of kicking in, so to speak, because God begins to work in amazing ways. It says, so she left him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. And now, I want you to just imagine this for a minute. This woman's got, got the jar. She keeps pouring it and pouring it and pouring it and filling up the, these jars. Can you picture that? Can you? I mean, one after another. She, she, they keep handing her a jar. She keeps filling it up. One after another, after another, after another, until finally she got all these jars. It says, when all the jars were filled, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he said, there's not a jar left. I've often wondered if she wished she had gotten more jars at that point. Then it says, then the oil stopped flowing. 
as long as there was an empty jar, God kept filling it. But when there were no more jars, the oil stops filling. Quit flowing. Now she's standing in this room, all these jars of oil. Can you imagine? I, I, I think it was a very holy moment for her and her kids. So she, she went and told the man of God, Elijah. She says, hey, we did it. He says, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. When she offered God what little bit she had, God gives her everything she needed. Again, I don't know what that means in your life. But I know at some point you stop waiting on what you want and you start working with what you got and what you have. And when you offer to God what you have, God will do amazing things in your life. Spectacular things. You know, the Holy Spirit's whispered, I only need an empty jar. I don't know what kind of jars you've got in your life that are empty. But I know if you give them to God, God will work with them. The jar, though, it needs to be empty. You know, how does that apply? Or how, how you're going, what's that? What's that mean? Well, you know, the Apostle Paul, he uh, helps us with this. He says, but we have this treasure. He, he's talking about our treasure being in Jesus Christ the, the, as, as Christians, followers. But he says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. You know, those jars of clay that Paul's talking about are our bodies, uh, our lives, so to speak. God's looking for empty jars, we're the empty jar. You know, when we empty ourselves of pride, when we empty ourselves of greed, you know, our selfish agendas, when we finally empty ourselves of that, when we empty ourselves fully and completely, God says, I'll fill you up with oil. And oil, by the way, is also a symbol of the Holy Spirit. You know, he says, the Holy Spirit will work in your life show, to, to show that this is all surpassing power is from God, not from us. In other words, God starts working. You empty yourselves. You realize you don't have what you want in your life. Things aren't the way you, you planned. You shift gears and you offer to God what you do have. And you trust God to give you whatever it is you need in your life. And I believe when you do that, there will come a point that you will realize, it'll rock you at some point, you will realize God is all you need, no matter what's going on in your life. 
You know, he's sufficient in every way. He, he is capable of whatever it is that you need. You know, that when, when you're weak, God says, I'll be strong for you. You know, when you're hurting, he says, I'll be your comforter. You know, when you're lost, you can't figure out, what am I supposed to do? What's the next move? God says, I'll be your guide in life. You know, when you're hungry, he says, I'm the bread of life. Thirsty, I'm the living water. You know, when you're living in a world that's shifting sands all the time, God says, I'll be your rock. I'll be your fortress. You can count on me. Some of you came here today empty. You're lacking something, whatever. And I just say to you, stop waiting for whatever it is that you're wanting. Don't wait for your life to be over. You know, don't miss out on what God has for you. Stop waiting for what you want and just trust God with what you got. You know, offer to God what you have. And I can guarantee you, and it may not happen today, may not happen tomorrow, but at some point, God will give you exactly what you need in life. It's how God works. It's how God works. Let's, let's stand for a word of prayer together. There'll be prayer teams down front. You know, maybe you've got something. You go, yeah, I'm, I'm way off track. I've got this problem. I've got this, we're just lacking in this area. Let them, let them pray for you. You know, give it, give it to God. But let, let's pray. Lord, I know there are some here today that um, they came in here weary, empty, struggling frustrated, disappointed. There may be some here today that are just broken and devastated. And God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just whisper, I'm here. I'll get you through this. God, help us to realize you're what we need more than anything. God, I also know there are many here today that uh, we're so focused on what we don't have that, well, we're just missing all the blessings we do have. In fact, we're just missing out on life. God, help us refocus and to just work with what we got. Whatever it is, be faithful with that. God, you promise that uh, when we're faithful with what we have, that our future grows. Things things begin to expand. And God, I pray that uh, we would just trust you with that. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all the opportunities that are before us. God, I pray that uh, tomorrow when we head to wherever it is we head, that uh, we would just allow you to open doors for us, that we could reach out, help someone, make a difference in their life. 
God, help us to be whatever it is you would have us say or do. Just use us, Lord. God, we give you the glory with all we say and do. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. And God's people said, let's, let's worship God together. Wow.